No, we gotta go check out the biggest ball of yarn. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. Spark one up. We spark one up. Ooh, they look so good. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Can you still smell the Mary Jane? Sparking up a J. <gasps> Getting high? Man, don't you keep up with current events? Weed ain't illegal no more, nigga. But the business model fucked us all. Lots of weed. Puff, puff, pass. Puff, 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 pass. Oh, yeah, puff, puff, pass. Here in the heartland. It's Thursday night. But that's all right, because it's a special edition of Bull After Bull. We like to call Bulls with Buds. On October 6, 2022, this will be episode 195. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm DeLorean. And joining us, it's Billy Bones. And hello, people of the internet. Oh, yeah. Dan DeLorean and Sir Spencer. Hello, Hello, Billy Bones. Hello, Billy Bones. Awesome to have you with us. I'm excited to sit down and catch up on all your adventures. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad to. Cozy group of people here. Oh, yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that, my man. Yeah, I've been meaning to have you on for ages and uh, just uh, get scrambled with life stuff, you know. But uh, then uh, your studio got packed up and you made the big trek out east. Yeah, I, uh, life was chaos in Washington. And then I decided to, as you say, pack it up or throw it into a whirlwind and departed that shithole, if I may say so, state of Washington <laughs> and uh, moved to uh, the state of Tennessee. Uh, so far, a lot more free, a lot more friendly. Uh, taxes are a lot better. Life is a lot more free, and I am able to make uh, this situation meet. It, it to put thing my life into perspective as, or my previous life into perspective is, uh, we're meeting now at nine o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time, mm-hmm. and even if we were to go live at nine o'clock your time in Washington State. I couldn't guarantee that time frame on a weeknight, mm. and, and that would have been seven o'clock. I would have I would have been lucky to have been home by seven. Wow! Dang. Yeah. Well, now so, you're uh, in the perfect time zone for it to line right. I'd up. say so. Just gotta stay a little, stay up a little late, but I don't have uh, official work tomorrow. I've got side gig work tomorrow to make some extra scratch. Nice. And so I can make this happen. I'm ha- like I said, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to. Happy to do this. Absolutely. Well, we're happy uh, that you joined us, and we're also thankful for all the bowlers hanging out in the chat. Uh, you can find that at bowlafterbowl.com. Click on Listen Live. There's a little Kiwi link to get in there. Or if you are IRC literate already, you can just log into that zero node at irc.zeronode.net, and we're in the Bowl After Bowl channel. Yeah, pound Bowl After Bowl. That's right. The same, uh, the same network, the same IRC network as... All of the lovely No Agenda Stream shows, so you can find us in there, along with all the others. And we are uh, absolutely officially lit. This is a new live son of a bitch! So you can uh, tag that live item, like Boobery did a couple of times already, 
uh, or if you're listening in CurioCaster, or if you're using Boost CLI, I am um, pretty sure those are the only three that support live so far. Now, the live tag has been in official use uh, since we went live with Dave Jones for that Bulls with Buds about eight months ago. Wow. February? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I would love to see uh, more apps picking that up, especially Fountain. It seems like Fountain would be the next obvious candidate to uh, support the live streaming and the live item boosts. Uh, we really hope that they uh, others join on, join forces. But let me read a couple of boosts from Booberry. By the way, uh, Billy Bones is getting a third of the split, just like all of our buds when they come to the bowl. So, uh, Thank you for sharing. Of course, yeah. Yep. So you boost that live item or boost the show if you're listening to it in the future in any of the podcast apps, including Fountain. Uh, he'll get a third of that ticket. And uh, you're connected within Fountain, too. So like that's how you claimed your podcast. Um after I read these boosts, I'm excited to kind of hear your journey with that. But uh, 17776 uh, from Booberry. And uh, he came in and said, Mom, I just want to drink a fucking Pepsi and listen to Abelcraft Live. <laughs> oh, God. That's an Abelcraft. That's an Abelcraft booze, <laughs> duh. It says it in the text. <laughs> it says it in the text. This is, uh, this is what we get for having multiple splits all over the place. Thank you, Booberry. <laughs> Uh, Boobery. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, 17776 from Booberry for this show coming out of Podverse, uh, who said Billy Bowles. Hey, Billy Bowles. Billy Bowles, baby. Uh, there's one coming in right now from Booley Steed out of Fountain who says, People of the internet, say welcome. So there's, Thank you. There's a response <laughs> for your infamous greeting and catchphrase. I'm interested to hear. Um, because I haven't really heard anybody tell me about, I've read about the guides and I've kind of looked at it, but I haven't heard anybody tell me their experience with uh, getting onboarded via Fountain into all this new magical podcasting 2.0 stuff. How did that go? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not as literate as I'd like to be. I think it uh, starts from the fact, as far as claiming the show, uh, quite some time ago on Podcast Index, uh I claimed my wallet or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, Pocket Parlay, I met him, the guy who does that, at a meetup down here. And he told me that as long as I'm signed up through that and just log into Fountain and tell them my uh, the email that is associated with the, the podcast, it links me up and uh, away I go. Yeah, that's very, one. very simple. It's one of the cool things that I've heard about uh, the Fountain Connection is that they take care of so much of the heavy lifting for you. And I am very appreciative. It's it's gotten me into it. Uh, this January, not this upcoming one, but this previous one, before I decided to flip my world on its head, I had planned to take a vacation and sit down and learn about uh, building a Raspberry Pi set up and building my own node and whatnot. And... Uh, that's gone by the wayside for the time being. It's on the future list of things to be able to do now that I've got some free time. But nice. I, I am well behind the ball on where I'd like to be for podcasting 2.0. But uh, I'll get there. I know I will. See, I, I'm in the same boat, just like a different position <laughs> at the river, the same actual boat, because uh, we've been talking about chapters for quite a while. Oh, um, yeah. There's a couple other integrations that we want to make that it's just kind of like one of those to-do list items that we always talk <laughs> about. It's like, it'll get done. It's on the to-do list. 
Uh, I don't know when talking, it'll get done, but talking to Booberry, uh, chapters is stupid easy as long as your podcast host supports chapters. Uh, that's another problem I'm going to have to come up with is switching hosts because mm. Libsyn does not support chapters. Yep. And there's a there's a couple of ideas I have for podcast episodes that would really do well with chapters and some uh, artwork that I can flip through. But like I said, I got to figure out how to jump hosts. Uh, and at that point, I'm almost wondering how difficult it is to uh, be like Darren O'Neill and run my own server. Uh, and building the RSS from scratch can't be that difficult. It's just some text on a screen. Yeah, we have a uh, kind of hand hacked version. So I use I, we have Podbean. We're about to get uh, transferred to something self hosted. But for right now, what I do is just copy my Podbean RSS items one at a time as I publish them, and then I just add the tags I want added in there. Just like hand jam them in there, and then I host those separately. And uh, Podcast Index just serves my custom hand-hacked feed. <laughs> so it's like a lot of duct tape, a lot of popsicle sticks. But it's still standing. But it works, yeah. <laughs> the split exactly. works. I uh, I only recently was uh, finally able to figure out the silly API uh, authentication. So now instead of having to track down people's value tags who... Uh, use podcaster wallet i can now just hit the api and it gives me that information so like uh for people such as yourself where they can't manually manipulate the rss feed or put certain tags in that's what podcaster wallets for it's kind of a shim and it just adds in your value tag to any of the apps that request your show so they do that kind of as a middleman service but like if i go and look at your libsyn feed none of that is in there no um, so yeah, that, that thank God for the API, basically, because um, I'm not sure. I guess I would have had to go to, um, you know, one of the guys at Fountain, likely Oscar, and ask uh, how to get a hold of that key. There's like a there's a custom key and a custom value to decipher, you know, which Sats go where if it goes to their node, their Fountain node. So uh, without that API, I would have just been like hard up finding it. Well, again, we can all be grateful that uh, the dudes named Ben are making this feasible and easy enough uh, for us to be able to make all this happen with our our digital freedom units. Trying to figure out, you know, Satoshi's is the is the main is the name of the game, but you know, instead of the U.S. dollar, I like calling it the Federal Reserve Freedom Unit. So <laughs> nice, but that's okay. We'll we'll sit with uh, Satoshi's and Sats for the time being. Because it is a it is a new form of value. It's our it's our tulip re- revolution. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we just had another one roll in from Booberry six 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 who said, "Fucking hand jam the fuck out of that feed. It's your magic scroll. I ain't gonna ask for permission no more." Yeah, out of Podverse. He's very into tonight. Booberry so profane in the boosts, man. I love it. He's I don't know out. if Booberry is a, a profane. But he is profane. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so I wanted to catch up uh, since we last saw you on on your your finalization. I've heard some stuff on uh, on your show, a walk through the mind. Um, but I kind of wanted to ask you while we had you here, uh, 
I understand you did a job or a, you had the job kind of lined up and then you did a house hunt, which went, seemed like uh, pretty quickly for, um, uh, when compared to kind of the average home hunt right now. Uh, yeah, actually. So before leaving Washington, I wasn't sure that I had a job lined up. I knew I could get a job. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to work hard. And so, uh, Finding a job wasn't a, an issue, but uh, I had gotten in contact with uh, another No Agenda listener, and he had advertised for a job, and I reached out to him, and he said, oh, it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm too far out for him to say I could have a job. And I was like, I, that's okay, I understand, just figured I'd at least try. And he's like, well, if we get another opening, I'll let you know. And uh, like three weeks or so before I left for my final journey, he calls me up and he says, you still want that job? And I go, yes, please. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, oh, the universe is shining upon me on this one. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. I talk about a weight off my shoulders because uh, just the fear of coming down here and bleeding money you know, without any sort of income was terrifying to me. And my realtor gave me the advice, you know, wait as long as possible for buying a house. And while I agree with him because, you know, this is what's going on with the market right now is his reasoning. And I saw it coming. He saw it coming. Mm -hmm. But again, I, I'm sitting there going, I can't be bleeding money uh, on rent and a storage unit. Yeah. And uh, so like the first week I was here, I was already out looking at houses. I had lined up a realtor down here and we're going around, bouncing around and uh, came upon this house that had been on the market practically around the same time that I sold my house. But for whatever reason, it didn't sell. And so it was just kind of sitting here waiting for me and put my offer in and they accepted it. And lo and behold, I'm living here and it's a very unique house. It's in a, it's in the right neighborhood for me. It's, it's uncanny how specific this house is to me. And all in all, when, when you go and you look and you buy a house, what do you have? 30 minutes, maybe an hour if you're lucky mm -hmm. to make a, a massive decision on a place that's going to, you know, take a lot of your finances and time because it's you, you need to make it your own once you move in and whatnot yeah and uh no like i again i can't it's really hard to describe when moving all my crap in and i brought i definitely brought a lot of crap but <laughs> uh i was rebooting life i was starting almost from zero and but everything has like found a home it's you know, when the dust is settled and you, you take a step back and you're like, you know, that table kind of, it's it belongs there or the desk belongs here. And there's certain little cues throughout the house where it's like, well, that's going to fit like that right there. And then you take a step back and you're like, again, yeah. Uh, one of the huge bonuses of, of this house is it's got a little bit bigger garage. Okay. And uh, I got rid of so much shit. <laughs> I'm jealous. I need to get rid of shit. Yeah. It's a it constant was challenge around here. Yeah. But everything in the garage, 
There's cars don't belong in the garage. It's a it's a workspace for me. Gotcha. Not a storage unit. It's a it's a workspace. And again, everything just fit. Uh, and the house even came with a a woodworking bench. One of those kind of, one of those little things that you sit there and you're walking through the house and you're like, it's funny because one of my goals is to, you know, start on woodworking. Am I going to become? I don't I don't know any famous woodworkers, but Geppetto. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not building Pinocchio, but it it's still again one of those little things where it all connects and lines up and. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a f- good feeling to like be on your search and then have found your place. Like, oh, this is it. And then once you get in there, you're just constantly reminded, or like, there's more signs coming in that just keep in, uh, keep on reaffirming that you made the right decision, that you found the right place. So it's yeah. a nice, for, uh, nice feeling to have. And in this area is magical. I. You know, I, I claim the title of uh, Knight of Twin Peaks in the No Agenda universe mm-hmm. because that's where I lived. I lived where they filmed Twin Peaks. And it's a very magical, very beautiful area. And uh, I had someone ask me if I was going to change my title. And I don't think so. Uh, I'm proud to be from Twin Peaks and re- uh, represent that area, that that magical, mystical kind of scenario. And... The hills of Knoxville, Tennessee are very magical and mystical. Uh, and this place is, is no different. You feel it. You feel it in the, not necessarily the bones, but there's things here. Absolutely. There's some boosts rolling in, including uh, 6666 from Bully Steed, who says Federal Freedom Units Boost. Woo! And uh, NA Millennial for 20K, 20,000 sats out of Fountain says. Best part of home ownership is walking around your kingdom with your freedom unit swinging freely. <laughs> Love you, Billy. Got that wrench hanging out. Swing there it around. Go. <laughs> this is my property. This way and that. This way and that. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was uh, catching up on some walks through the mind, uh, including uh, about a month ago, you kind of recapped your whole road trip. Recollection of a road trip is the... Uh, episode title for that one about a month ago yesterday and uh wow you said such nice things about kansas city i had like this uh swelling of civic pride (laughs) Uh, just kind of hearing about your description and everything i I hope i didn't insult you by not naming you by name no not at all try and keep keep it open so everybody can can insert a name or a representation yeah Um, no that's but uh, the I I I can't express you know I guess the the, the podcast did it well enough that uh, Kansas City is an amazing place and and how you showed it to me uh, you know it's the middle of the country it's you know who thinks of you know we we've all heard of Kansas City mm-hmm. uh, but who who thinks of it who knows anything about it who knows about the city on the other side of their their own state sure. Uh, and you know we can hear politics on this and that, and we all know about the politics of Seattle because it's a giant city. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about Spokane. Should we know something about Kansas City? Probably, but you know when you're in your own little world or you know your your local politics are far crazier than anywhere else. You know, yeah, who cares? Kind of gets- Kansas City. 
They've got they've got the good ideas and they've got great execution. And I'm sure there's room for improvement, but sure. They they take the ideals of Seattle, they put their money where their mouth is. And it's it a fantastic place. And it walking around in the evening, even though it was what, a Monday night or a Tuesday night. I think so, yeah. Something like it that. was you know, fine, it was quiet, but you couldn't walk around at night in Seattle. Sure. You used <laughs> to be able to, but not anymore. Hmm. And uh and there's there's plenty of cities out in Seattle where you can the greater Seattle area where you can walk around at night, but it's those aren't those aren't named cities. Kansas City is a named city mm. where you can walk around and not worrying a, about being accosted by homeless people yep. left and right. Yeah, I've always my appreciation for it has grown as I've gotten older because definitely, like everybody, when you grow up in the same place and then you become an adult, like your, your biggest thought is like just getting the hell out, seeing something new, seeing something different, but. Uh, when I started really traveling the country and seeing other cities, I, my love for KC kind of grew. I feel like my love poured into you, too, because I was always telling you, oh, I love visiting Kansas City. It's so cool. Yeah. I have so much fun there. I'd like to live there. Yeah, it's a great town, for sure. And I think that uh, we still have a, a great deal of, like, civic involvement and kind of citizen power out here. Uh, it's really hard, even in the city, to get a tax passed for no reason. Like tax increases or have like a tough time passing, which uh, I appreciate. And uh, other like silly decisions can be easily reversed by the citizenry. Like I think a perfect example is recently when they tried to oh yeah try to rename the Paseo, which is like a historic boulevard in the city, and. Uh, also important to, you know, like the Spanish-speaking community. And they were going to name this MLK uh, Junior Boulevard because, like, every city has to have a, an MLK Junior Boulevard or else you're a racist city. <laughs> yeah. So um, our local politicians, including one uh, Emmanuel Cleaver, who already has a boulevard named after him and his family, uh, he was uh, one of the guys hot-dogging this through, trying to get, you know, trying to tell us how badly we needed an MLK. You can see how <laughs> where his priorities are at, and uh, you know the citizenry. We we weren't opposed to having an MLK Boulevard. That's fine. But uh, what had offended us was that they would erase the name of the Paseo to do it, which is uh, a big time historic um, road and and very definitive of Kansas City, and uh, especially in uh, you know maybe like the less economically uh, benefited parts. And so there was huge pushback and an overturn of that. Like they started putting up the MLK signs and uh, they had to stop. And then there was a uh, citizen ballot drive and initiative. And then it got put on the ballot. And then it got voted back down, put Baseo back. And so they had to pick another street, which was fine. It was like a combination of two other streets that uh, were kind of less less important. And the section that they chose didn't get rid of them all entirely. So. It was just kind of poorly thought out and rammed through and just in the name of not being racist by some symbolic act of changing a, a boulevard name, you know? So a lot of us don't fall for those kind of tricks out here, which is really nice. Uh, it, it sounds like it. The, uh, yeah, the overriding, the erasing of something historical as small as it may be, uh, 
and even within you know the less fortunate sections of your of your town of your city uh just because you erase the past doesn't mean it disappears on you right and you know we can all hope for improvement but if you're just rewriting a section of history to highlight another section of history that it definitely doesn't do it justice on either end of the spectrum and uh good on the citizens for you know saying hey you know we not opposed to to the street but don't take that one that one's that one's got meaning yeah absolutely yeah paseo has a soft spot for all of us here in like the the middle of the city too because we use it every day you know like I, that's like part of my neighborhood is paseo so uh yeah it's just stuff like that that kind of makes you reinvigorated and getting involved locally when it's really easy to kind of get disheartened uh, disheartened in the whole national and federal scene which uh is a lot more manipulated and controlled and and gross not to say that uh the local scene isn't those things but um we just have i think a little bit more our power has been less diluted let's say here at the local level and we can still kind of just, i don't know ri- so band together and remember that yes uh, there's a lot of people in washington that have forgotten that uh and yet maybe at the same time they realize that and the Facebook community that is known as the greater Seattle area uh, is easily bandied together with the algorithms, uh, reinforcing that local, uh, that local spirit. If we can call it that. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I also heard you, uh, regale tales of, uh, your trips through a big chunk of the country that I've still never visited, which I've kind of got like two dark spots on my map. And one is like, most of the southeast, like uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, kind of like blind spots on my map that I've uh, not visited yet. And then another chunk on that map are Wyoming and the Dakotas and uh, Montana, kind of like the northwest, aside from uh, Washington State. Well, my trip didn't bring me through uh, Georgia, Alabama, or Mississippi. Uh, I will be going to... Mississippi next month, hopefully I find a dog sitter, but, uh, drive, that'll take me through Alabama and, uh, Arkansas and whatnot. I think it'll take me through Arkansas. Uh, but I, I have been to those States as a kid. I've been all up and down the Eastern seaboard as a kid. Uh, but, uh, the, uh, the initial two trips out here, we drove through the Southern end of Wyoming across interstate 80 and it's boring it's so boring man uh, i had more fun in nebraska Ooh. than i did in wyoming very desolate sounds like yeah and there's there's two peaks of continental divide in wyoming hmm. so you go over one you're like yeah sweet you know go to the other side no you know 15 20 miles down the road there's another one another thousand feet higher whoa and uh there's, yeah, there's nothing out there. Uh, tumbleweeds, if you break down on the side of the road, uh, you probably have 20, 30 miles until your next exit. And Oof. when the next exit comes, there's nothing. There's tumbleweeds out there. And uh, there's, you know, a handful of things. There's seeing the Sinclair gas plant. That was kind of interesting to see. Uh, Laramie and Cheyenne on the eastern side of the state. Those are rather close to each other in comparison to everything else 
but Laramie is down in a pit, and then you got to climb out of that to get to Cheyenne. Hmm. And uh, and then the the final trip brought me through the northeastern quadrant of Wyoming, and I was only in there for I don't know four hours or so, and then probably a little bit more than four hours, but still just as boring. Uh, but Montana. Holy cow, Montana was beautiful. That's what I've heard. Uh, and I, you know, maybe I'm misunderstanding the term of big sky country, but you've got giant mountains on the left of you and giant mountains on the right of you, but a, the sky is just huge. Huh. Uh, it was awesome green out there. Uh, looking at the mountains, you definitely see that you know, snow is going to dump in here and screw being in there in winter oh yeah pass on that and then uh the middle of montana it doesn't really flatten out but it's a lot flatter than the montana idaho border uh that was one hell of a climb up and one hell of a climb down uh coming down that into was that in the montana border maybe it was i don't know where it was now but uh, I didn't have the trailer brake on the truck set correctly, so I was Ooh. I was going down uh, most of the, like half of the way down this like ten mile hill that semi trucks are supposed to go twenty five oh, down this hill, and I should have been going twenty five. I was probably going forty five, and uh, you start tapping the brakes, and the truck starts kind of tilting like jackknifing almost. Oh like, no. What's going on with this? And did I lose a break or something? And it's like, all right, well, downshift the best I can and uh, try and get down to twenty five. And this hill is just so long and so steep. It's like, no, you're not, you're not slowing down with uh, engine braking. And uh, finally dawned on me to, well, let's up the trailer brake and tap the braking. And oh, now it's going straight. That was my problem. Ah, there we go. But yeah, terrifying going down that hill. I bet. Yeah. Sounds intense, man. Yeah, I was. I was. Pull, I was. I was pulling a lot of weight. I definitely put my truck through the ringer this year, and I'm. I'm grateful that she's held up and still doing well. That's good. That's a good sign. Yeah, we were thinking about getting a uh, SUV with towing capacity for the first time. I'm excited about that because I've driven other vehicles that tow, but I've never like had one myself that was uh, capable of it. I've got a uh, 1990 Mitsubishi Mighty Max, but it's a uh, it's a beater, and it's not really in the condition <laughs> to tow anything. That's uh, uh, even relatively nice. <laughs> so, uh, that thing is like a farm truck permanently now. Yeah, there's something there's something good about having a, a truck you're willing to just beat on, though. Definitely, and another thing, the another reason I keep it around is it's the only the only vehicle that I know of in the family or have access to that doesn't have a computer in it. It's just all mechanical, so. Even yeah. has, even uh, no power steering, like, very minimal partage. Yeah, my my first pickup truck didn't have power steering, and uh, it, it was not as bad as I, I thought it was going to be. Uh, just got to get those wheels rolling just a little bit, and that wheel turns just fine. Yeah, Absolutely. It's all in the it's all in the touch. It's all in the touch. Um, I did want to remind the bowlers if anybody has a question for Mr. Billy Bones, you can always call or text in 
number is 816-607-3663. I did have uh, a message in here for you if you uh, are interested in listening to that. Hit me with a voicemail. Oh, yeah. How it goes? Hit you with a voicemail. I think that can be arranged. There we go. Uh, well, I know Billy Bones is a uh, a little bit of a car guy. Uh, he's worked a wrench or two, uh, wrenching on automobile, different types of uh, power equipment. Uh, I really don't... I trying to come up with a question, but the uh, best one I can think of, is it true that a positive track rear end works because it just does? <laughs> this caller sounds like a Chevy person. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. <laughs> I only speak Ford around here. <laughs> we use the track lock system, but you know, the, the positive track, the, the limited slip differential when uh, one wheel starts to spin, a series of clutches in the rear differential engage together to share the uh, power distribution from the wheel that is spinning to the wheel that is not, and that's how you get unstuck. Ooh. In later iterations of this, Jeep being the Jeep Cherokee being the kind of big pioneer that made it super popular was using the computer to individually uh, start applying the calipers, the brake pads on the wheel that is slipping instead of using uh, mechanical situations within the differential to send power appropriately. That is a, I've blown my mind with the technicals. Blown my mind with the technicals. I, too, have heard you uh, working on various automobiles, and I was curious, like, uh, how long have you been tinkering? Do you just kind of work on your own stuff, or uh, were you a mechanic at one point? Never a mechanic. Uh, Had auto shop in school for the year or two that I actually paid attention in school. Uh, It was one of the most fun classes. It had all the tools and whatnot, teach a lot of stuff, but it's all been fixing my own stuff nice uh, i love it's, that the the hardest part about fixing your own car is having the tools to do it yeah second hardest part is doing the job and there's been there's so many stories out there and i know they're you know fine it's one percent or whatever that the shops will rip you off you know you need new uh blinker fluid your muffler <sighs> bearings are going bad you right. know, this and that and uh it's and then on top of that, they want to charge you 75 bucks an hour. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, Labor I can pay myself 75 bucks an hour and fix it myself. You know, granted, I don't put that money in my pocket, but that money's not leaving my pocket at the same time. Definitely. And there's been plenty of screw-ups and breaking and, you know, hammers going flying across the shop kind of situation, <laughs> but... And it's, it's a learning situation. Exactly. That's how you learn, man. That's how you... Uh... Gain the knowledge. Trade off is a little bit of pain, but I love uh, I love going for it yourself, doing it yourself. That's my favorite. I've always uh, maybe even if I'm not the most qualified, like uh, I'll become more qualified as the job goes along. Exactly, working at those ten thousand hours. Exactly. You're not, you're not going to become an artisan after twenty hours, but you know, be further along than when you started. It's always one of my 
regret points looking back in my schooling experience is not having taken any kind of vocational classes. Uh, that thing was just kind of looked down upon when I was going through high school. You know, if you got good test scores, then you had no business being over in shop or metalworking or anything like that, which looking back just doesn't make any sense. And it's like a little bit, hmm. like I, I had to sit through, uh, dumber classes just because, oh, Votech is for kids who don't get to, you know, that don't test as high on tests. Yeah, I don't know. I just, the older I've gotten, the more that like irks me. Eh, they're, they're, you know, a lot of stuff that I don't know. Uh, you know, you're programming and, uh, a classically trained musician, uh, handful of other things. And, you know, I did well on tests, but homework, when that's like 60% of your grade, there's, there's a reason I failed school. Mm. Uh, yeah, I never was good at homework either. I was lucky enough in geometry and trigonometry to have the same uh, teacher for both of those classes, and his structure was 40% quizzes, 40% was tests, and 20% was homework. And so I would just do... I didn't even do half of the homework. I did maybe like a quarter of the homework, and then just leaned on tests and quizzes and was good with like an 83 in his class. I was like, nah. Because I knew that I could uh, just show up and do the tests and quizzes based on the material. And I just wasn't really that jazzed about the homework part where I had to do the same thing, you know, 25 times just to prove that I could do it once. Like, nah. And it was definitely the upside to auto shop because there was no homework. Oh, man. You can You can't. You know, you can take your car home. I didn't have a car for auto shop. I worked on other kids' cars. Uh, but, yeah, no homework. And, and it was fucking, you get to hang out in the in the auto shop. And after I left high school, they actually canceled that program. Oh. Kind of shitty. That's terrible. You know, something about budgeting and not enough money. Here's something I, this is, this blew my mind the other day, if you don't mind me sharing. Oh, please. Uh, I got tax you know not notice but your tax bill you know you got a piece of property we want state wants their taxes right and uh in it they sent a little budget bill or the the breakdown of the budget for the county it wasn't the state it's county taxes okay and the entire general school budget for Knox County is just shy of 600 million Ooh. In King County, Washington, where Seattle is, their general school budget is $6 billion Whoa. per year. Holy moly. Yeah. That's crazy. And, it, and they can't afford things like auto shop and, mm-hmm. and wood shop and, and shit like that? No? Mm-hmm. That's too just, bad. Yeah. So. Yeah, that just seems like a priority thing there. I think uh, it's just really too bad. I think that all of the public schooling fund flows are based on property taxes and kept hyper local because that just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of reinforces like economic disparities down the line. Because obviously, in districts with, uh, you know, pricier homes and properties, you're going to have a lot more property tax revenue to work with to fund better schools. Um, or at least hopefully you are, you know, there's always the chance for corruption and slush funds and people misappropriating the money, but 
uh, all things a equal. While ago, that Savage Inequalities is the name of the book, hmm. and the research took place in the eighties, very beginning into the nineties, like ninety two, ninety three was the latest of their research, and there's research that was done in St. Louis uh, and a handful of other big cities. But one of the conclusions that they came to was if uh, a higher falutin population, it has to share their fund with a lower falutin group of people. Mm -hmm. The higher falutin people are willing to go without uh, certain extracurricular schooling activities because they don't want to pay for the other people's. Right. They're willing to squander their own uh, education to prevent other people from having good education. That's crazy. Whoa. It's disgusting. They cut off their nose to spite somebody else's face. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's just so... It gets so gross like that, you know? I just... It doesn't seem like there's really a silver bullet solution to... Um, kind of had a crowdfund or crowdsource that in a fair way. Uh, but I can tell you that property tax just doesn't seem like it <laughs> to me at least. So I don't know. I've always, I've always found that a little bit irksome. Uh, you mentioned that you were rocking this side gig. What's that all about? Can you tell us more about that? Uh, just extra money. Uh, going to go install some ceiling fans for nice. Uh, someone related to the boss. Uh, you know, the boss can only pay me so much money, uh, working part-time right now, and I'm okay with that, uh, but I need to be able to make ends meet, and I'm not getting my hands super dirty on this, and it's a couple extra bucks, it's another, another meal or two that'll be paid for, and it's just being resourceful with my time and energy, and you know, if I do a good job for these people, then, you know, maybe they talk to someone else and, you know, I got to go shovel the driveway or something like that. And I'm not looking to become rich. I don't. I'm working for a mom and pop small operation right now. And if I can avoid going back into the corporate world, uh, by all means, I'm going to do my, my damnedest to make that be a reality of not going back. Amen. So, it, the, you know, circumstances will dictate what happens in my life, you know, and there's always the chance I go back, but, and I'm not worried about being able to go back. Uh, things are not as strict down here outside of, uh, drug testing. And but I'm not worried about any of that. But like I said, as long as I can make all these other men ends meet, I will. Uh, and it's just a matter of time until, you know, podcasting is not going to pay the bills, but if, you know, it can, you know, pay some of them, chisel away at that. Fantastic. I want to be able to uh, start my own small woodworking company. It'd be nice. I got to find some tax person to tell me how these taxes things work. Right. And uh, But to be able to start my own business in addition to working uh, at this other job that I've got, be awesome. I love that. That's kind of how I've become more over time is kind of like spread it out. And just do little bite-sized chunks here and there and here and there instead of just relying on one central source for your nut. Because um, I don't yeah, know, no. you seem kind of like uh, a guy a bit like me, like jack-of-all-trades type, like, a, um, you know, not 
uber specialized in any one given thing, but like just too many interests and too many like weird uh, experience points. You like hop hop around from this to this. Uh, I was I was terrible at the uh, RPG games. It's like, well, I want that skill over there, and I want this skill oh, over I here. Know. But if you don't. <laughs> If you don't stick to one tree, you can't have the super magic skill. Screw the super magic skill. Yeah. All these other little skills. I want to do everything. Like, I want to be able to influence people and pick locks. What the deal? What the deal (laughs) is? Exactly. Jack of all trades, master of none. I feel that way. I feel that way very much so. Uh, It looks like we had a couple more come in. Let me see where this window is. Oh, yes. uh, Bully Steed for 42,000 sats. Thank you, dear. Out of Fountain. Uh, one of the most down-to-earth folk, polymath, Billy Bones. There you go. Polymath. Doing everything. Doing everything. Well, this next caller, uh, we got another message for you. Uh, he also seems to be doing stuff all the time and such. Billy Bones, Dan DeLorean, and Sir Spencer on a Thursday. Oh, yeah, Thursday yeah, time. Yeah, buddy. Ah, uh, no real questions or anything. Just, uh... For God, just give compliments to Mr. Billy, and and uh, just really enjoy the podcast. And I think I said it somewhere on on No Agenda Social, but uh, I got into your podcast. I don't know, probably quite a while ago, but uh, not in from the beginning. But hearing all the remastered stuff, I don't think I've heard any duplicates. So cool, cool. And so just hearing hearing the remastered stuff and the occasional uh, new ones you've dropped recently, uh, it's been enjoyable and just kind of getting. Just like, I don't know, I feel like you got like a niche there. So compliments to the chef and just getting that niche of like, hey, here's a thought, but here's not necessarily like maybe a little bit of opinion, but uh, not, you know, not like got to go this way kind of thing. So I feel like it's a pretty, pretty fair and balanced sort of deal. So uh, anyway, you should, you should take that catchphrase too, you know, fair and balanced. You should run with that. (laughs) Nobody else has a monopoly on that. And yours would actually be true. So, anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's it. So, I shall enjoy the episode when it uh, derops, because I always listen after the fact, because then I get to hear you guys talking, you know, chipmunk mode at 2.6 times speed. Plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's getting crack right, ears. Well, thank you all for all you're doing. And uh, this is uh, Mr. Uh, Christopher whatever something battles. There it is. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, y'all should stay dangerous. And I'm going to go run. So, yeah, because I'm tired. And that's what we do. All right. Stay dangerous. And stay dangerous, Christopher Battles. Thank you very much, sir. Christopher Battles, man. He's got those crack ears. He's always got to hear it at like 2.5, 2.6, 2.8. Some people just got to consume all the information. I've got some good friends that listen to a lot of shows at two-point speed. Uh, they drop it down to 1.5 for Ben Ben Shapiro, but uh, <laughs> that would be tough still, to listen to. They're still fast. going. Yeah, I uh, I did a lifestyle flip somewhere right around my nighting in 2017. It was kind of like right in that pocket of time where I switched to the live in a, and then I discovered like the other live shows going on, and I just catch mostly live shows now. Like it's kind of. If I miss a live, it's really tough for me to go back and like listen to the the recorded version. I'm just always so helter skelter, you know. So if something's on, I'll throw it on while I'm like I don't know cooking or uh, putzing around, you know. 
No, I get it. It's the, it's the live radio feature. It, it, it's not that you're going to miss it tomorrow like it used to be back in the day, but uh, yeah, it's it's happening now. When I listen to the radio, there's nothing more annoying to me than when they phone it in for the final hour and they just replay it. Uh, all the same shit that I've already heard for the first two hours of their radio broadcast. <laughs> right. Like, really? You can't, you can't stick around for this one extra hour every day that you're scheduled to be here. And, uh, you know, and there's magic, right? It's not that in most, there's a handful of big edits that get taken out, but, uh, it's, you know, it's gotta be disastrous to be taken out. But when you hear it all live and you hear the little screw ups and you hear that, you know, these people are actually human. Yeah. Uh, then it's, it makes it all the better. Yeah. We have fun with it. Yeah. That's the magic. Uh, I saw in the chat earlier that you were, uh, contemplating going live in the near future. You're going to make the shift. I'm going to try. Uh, I have to ask people for their patience. I'm going to practice their patience at uh, my skill of holding dead air. Uh, <laughs> but it's, I need to force myself to get better. Uh, I need to, need to, I'm, I need to put myself on my toes. Uh, it's a Geronimo moment. Get out there and make it happen. Uh, if I want, if I want this to be something, I can't just be, you know, sitting behind the mic, you know, take editing out all the silences. Uh, sure. I'm not, I'm not that big of a pot or uh, it's not that I'm not that big of a podcast, but uh, I think of like Dan Carlin and his hardcore history and whatnot. And I know sure. he edits the, the shit out of that, but he puts hours and upon hours upon hours of uh, information into his podcast and he's got to edit and cut it, cut it back. Yep. I'm not cutting stuff out all, except for silence. You know, maybe I bump the mic or something and, resonates really hard into the the deal that gets cut out but there's people on the radio going back to the radio that do three hours and find they've got 10 minute segments and then they've got a three minute commercial break but they're going for 10 minutes why can't i do something similar uh it will again i'll have to ask the audience for patience because it's not me reading a script or going out there to tell them you know big old facts and whatnot it's a it's a point of reflection, and when you're sitting there reflecting, you can't just hammer out everything. Sure. And so, but I also can't have, you know, 10, 15 seconds of dead air if I ever want to make it onto the No Agenda stream live. Yeah, so definitely. Need to I need to hone my skill. Uh, I need to get better, and it's, it is rough getting back on this bicycle, uh, and Again, the the lifestyle change and the amount of information I'm taking in, uh, there it's at some level there's going to be a reinvention of the podcast, and yet at the same time I don't want to reinvent it. I just have to hope that everybody can go with my flow. Uh, sure. And I guess that's where I get some of the leeway because it is just a walk through the mind. Uh, but I don't. I also want it to be. I want it to be worthwhile. I want, I don't want to just put stuff out there and hope people listen to it, you know, and just fill their day. I, I want to add, I want to add something, right? We're as, as you know, we've got our borders, but with the internet, it's, this is our, our no border situation. This is our global conversation. If we can't have a conversation on something like Twitter or whatnot, 
then podcasts are where it's at. Yeah. And not everybody can schedule a day or whatnot to be somewhere specifically. And, uh, and some, and again, everybody else has their favorite three hour podcasts. Right. And you know, there was plenty of times where I'd be you know, towards the end of my day. And it's like, well, all I've got are hour long podcasts booked up. And so it's like, well, you know, if I had something short and simple and just something to mix it up, or maybe you've got you, your regular Joe Rogan listen every morning and you're like, well, instead of going from Joe Rogan to no agenda, you know, I you just lighten it up, you know, change it up sure. just, just enough to, to mix it up. And that's where I would like to be able to fit in is just that little, little difference. Totally. Yeah. I can see you, uh, really thriving on a live and, and it's just like anything else that you learn, you know, you get better at it with time and repetitions and becomes a smoother process. Once you know, like what can break it, then you know how to fix it faster when it does break. I mean, we still fall off the stream with <laughs> fell off the stream last night sometime in the post show. So it still happens to us, but, uh, you get faster at like putting it back together when it smashes to pieces and all this kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I also think that you are the type of guy that has curated an understanding audience who's going to root for you and have patience like that. Uh, just like Christopher Battles mentioned, um, you kind of present a more balanced approach and you can put out opinions without feeling opinionated, you know? Uh, I think it's like really thoughtful the way that you present it. And I've seen uh, feedback of other people saying kind of the same of how they uh, appreciate the way that you um, can approach a topic like that, that might be controversial. And you have sort of a reasonable um, take on the whole thing that uh, maybe not a lot of people have thought before, you know, there's always the easy like partisan traps and sticking points, but um, to kind of go deeper and beyond that, I think is why a lot of people like a walk through the mind and, and appreciate your, your delivery. I I will do my best to keep that up. That's that's all I can say on that. Um, Christopher Battles also mentioned uh, the remastered stuff, and I wanted to ask you about that because uh, it looks like kind of uh, at least lately checking your feed, it's been sort of two at a time plus a plus a new one that's been coming out. Um, that is the pattern, at least that I noticed. So, um, what made you decide to go back and remaster these, and uh, how, how long have you been doing that? So. The remasters, I think this week, I think this today, this Thursday is the last remaster that's coming out. Uh, when I first started this, again, I had, had the, it just record it, play it out. And for those that I'm very grateful that people have listened uh, and brought me forward to where I'm at today, but it was the whole point of, let me give you who I am. Let me share my shortcomings as I learn this podcasting process. And again, chiseling away at the 10,000 hours just to put it under my belt. Yep. And it, the whole point is create content and create decent content that provokes some of that thought. And around uh, episode 60, Sir Bemrose, uh, messaged me and says you've got a good enough product but your silences uh are too long and if you want to be on the no agenda stream you got to cut out the silences mm. and since then so listening at 1.0 uh 
is uh, the first official, I believe that's the first official uh, cut everything down to minimal silence. And uh, I had this move coming up and it's like, well, I'm not going to podcast from the road. Uh, my setup is not mobile. Uh, life is chaos. Yeah. And it's like, well, I've got all of these episodes that I've done in the past. The audio definitely not good. There's been complaints in the past of the levels not being on par. And again, with the silence. And I figured this was a good enough time that I've got downtime uh, to focus on life. And uh, I can also re reinvigorate these to fit more people's palate of not being, you know, not wasting their time with dead air and, you know, fix the levels, kind of clean it up the best I could. I wish I had more time on some of the, the last little bits of ones, but they all came out well enough and it was a chance to re-release those, uh, again, for a better listening audience. Uh, I've got a, one of the buddies up in Washington who didn't listen from the beginning, but uh, he was very happy to hear the beginning uh, without having to go all the way back to the beginning kind of situation. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was it was just to fill time uh, in an attempt to hold my promise that I was going to come back. Nice. Uh, and I lucked out with being able to, I, I didn't know if I was going to have a house by this time uh when i let uh, left washington i knew i had a job did not know how long finding a house was going to take because you don't want to buy the wrong one yeah no that's a big leap of faith and uh so that's how the remasters kind of came about uh we did kind of a similar thing when we came back from hiatus we published uh I can't remember. I think that we came up with new ones and republished old ones in reverse chronological order, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, that's correct. Because we didn't even know where like the first eight or ten or something were. Yeah, so we started from the more recent ones that we had located. We had to buy some time <laughs> while I like dug through my archives and old laptops and stuff and finally found that. Oh, man. Yeah, because we had a significant break between the first and the second uh, kind of chapters in the Bull After Bull story. The first time through was like back in 2014 and 15, but we only actually put out, I think, 27 episodes in that time. Yeah. Didn't hit 30. And uh, now tonight, this is 195, so it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> we definitely came back uh, with more regularity and a uh, better idea of what the hell was going on. And, and also, because of this community that we were in, like, and feedback from the listeners and this value-for-value value feedback loop, we get uh, the benefit of having... We've been able to just build a format organically. You know, it wasn't like, uh, oh, you have to have X segment because X is a new sponsor on your thing, and uh, you have to get rid of Y segment too because they don't really like that. Like, that's the that's the awesome part of value for value and being supported just by the bowlers is like, we build it together. We don't need any kind of dictation or other people coming in telling us how to do stuff. No project manager coming in there and, like you said, you can't say that. You can't say the fuck word. <laughs> right. you, buddy. Oh, that's absolutely right. We did have a couple of more boosts. One from Servo, 3333. Uh, coming in from, it looks like, Boostclit is the source of that one. Um, just a funny name tag on Boost CLI, if I understand this correctly. 
Uh, there's always kind of uh, tongue-in-cheek flame wars about it in my chat, which I love. Uh, Billy Bones Plus Plus, he says. And uh, then there's a timestamp on it. So I know he's been sending some uh, timestamped cron jobs type uh, type boost, which is always cool. I haven't uh, dove into that yet. Like uh, pre-scheduling a boost, so it's going to come at a certain time. That's pretty cool. And then Booberry, he says, take the lit pill. 11,101 sats out of Podverse. Um, it's a great one. And you'll be able to peep that fountain wallet and see. I, I think that uh, there's a little more boost action during the lives, at least in, in my experience, than there are uh, for post-production shows. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, you mentioned Bimrose. He also gave us uh, some similar advice. When we very first got on the stream, I want to say 33 was the first one that was on the NA stream in the rotation. This was before, uh, I think we started, it was just before we started going live, like less than a month. And he said a similar thing. He was like, yeah, you need some minimal edits and uh, the delete silences. I think any long silence really bugs him. So all I do is uh, I level it, I delete the silences, and I cut some little cold open to throw at the beginning. And that seemed to satisfy him enough to... Uh, Put us on the on the rotation. And whatever works, right? That's right. Got to make the boss happy. <laughs> Stream <laughs> boss. Stream boss. Uh, apparently, it worked enough for him to uh, agree to come on the show. And then the second time he was on, he brought like half his family and all his cats. It was a yeah. it's a big grand party there. Big grand party. What can I say? We usually start with origin stories. You are right. With buds. You are right, but we haven't got into origin story yet. We are curious about yours. Um, first, I probably think the most relevant one is your no agenda origin story and how you kind of came, how you got hit in the mouth or came across this kind of wacky community. And I know you're a big fixture in the troll room, which for most people we've talked to seems to be the real black hole of the thing that keeps you sucked in forever. I'm 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 lost on what you mean by the the troll room is the black hole, but we'll get we'll get back to that. <laughs> uh, origin the I came I found no agenda via the Grimerica show uh, Darren Darren Grimes and uh, Graham Dunlop yep and uh, they kept talking about this no agenda show and no agenda this no agenda that and I'm like alright check it out kind of see what it's all about and the first step, the no agenda show that I found Episode 800 was released, and I'm looking at that going, wow, 800 episodes. All right, I'm going to go back a couple episodes before I listen to 800 and, and see what this is all about. Just, you know, get caught up on whatever is this show is about. Sure. And, you know, whether it was, you know, two episodes or five episodes, I don't know. But uh, listen through it, and, you know, your eyes just kind of bulge out like holy <laughs> shit they're onto some stuff man yeah and uh they were talking all sorts of stuff and it's like wait a second this this show that i'm listening to is like two weeks old and i just heard this on the radio today mm -hmm. as quote-unquote breaking news and you keep going on and you're listening and uh right around that time frame uh zika hit oh uh, yeah yep, yep. and Again, no agendas two, sometimes three weeks ahead of anything on the news. And it's just like, you know, what is the news not doing 
where no agenda has all of this information and find third hand and it's not verified, but they're proven right. It's like someone's not doing their fucking job in the newsrooms. No doubt. And uh, latched on quick. Uh, it definitely did not take long for me to donate. Uh, it it was super easy for me to see the value in that show. Definitely. And, uh, and then I was able to, you know, they started playing into show mixes and I don't know if they started, but, uh, the, uh, just the, sh- the jingles at the end. And I'm, I'm like, this is fun. And realized that they, you know, said douchebag a lot. <laughs> and Dvorak one day said, get the douchebag button ready. I said, boom, there it is. That's, that's my timestamp. So I snagged that. And then I think I downloaded the previous 50 episodes and listened to them and started timestamping douchebag <laughs> and created the douchebag call out song and got that submitted. And my first attempt on that, Curry played it. Nice. Like, winning. There you go. So, but fantastic. So back to the, back to the troll room. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I think it's a fun place to be. Definitely. Uh, what I meant, I should clarify what I meant by it being kind of the black hole of the community is that once you enter the kind of outer sphere of the black hole, you're sucked into past escape velocity. And that's kind of where you're, you're just like one of the trolls forever at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to You like, heard Curry the other day tell me I'm a smelly troll. Yeah. Or stinky troll or whatever he said. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Uh, nah, it's all good. Uh, it's that, that's another layer of no agenda for people that don't get it. Uh, and it's okay that they don't get it. Uh, but the troll room and seeing the trolls at certain points steer the show and give Adam his lines, and uh, he's even pulled lines from me a handful of times. And it's like that scrolled off like 10 minutes ago. How did you? <laughs> How did you recite that? I know and, you must be cross-eyed at the studio, just always uh, keeping an eye on the children. <laughs> yeah, well, either that that one time I said I don't know how he saw that, and he goes, "I've got a long history, Billy Bones," and I'm like, "Holy shit, you're fucking talking to me!" <laughs> uh, yes, always impressive. So beautiful. I love I love the community. I, I, some, there's some definite trolls in there, and I'm okay to be qualified as a troll, but. Not everybody's your best friend in there, but that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. No, you don't want to like a... It's nice because it's just all just regular people, and some people are just busting your balls, and some people are legitimately dumb, and some people are legitimately hilarious, and uh, it just is like a a bunch of real people. That's what makes it so refreshing. It's not some kind of curated echo chamber, and it's not... um, you know, pretending to be something it's not or anything. It's just like a bunch of real-ass people chatting at you on the internet, which is, you know, it, you, that used to be everywhere on the internet. You used to, like, not be able to even play, like, a Pogo games without having this chat room ASL. experience, you know? ASL, man. <laughs> Going into, like, the AIM chats and being weird, pretending that you're 12 years older than you are. That's what I did yeah. when I was a kid. I can't hear that I don't have a deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being like 13, like, I'm 24. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah, those were the good times. Those were the good times of the internet. We keep the good times alive here, though. That's right. 
Yeah, everybody's like, oh, IRC, it's such all the kind of technology. We have better ways. It's like, well, maybe you do, but I just haven't seen them. I'm over here on IRC having a great fucking time. That's where all the homies are. That's where all the homies are, you know? Like, uh, what do you got? What do you got better? I, I really enjoy IRC because it's simple. It's quiet. Yep. There's no, you know, fine people can put a handful of emojis in, but it's not everything. There's not pictures getting blasted at you. It's it's just text. Yep. And yeah, I, the simplicity of it is nice. Definitely. I appreciate as well the simplicity. Just keep it simple, stupid. That's what was great. That's also what was great about like the Flash stuff. Um, it was like simple to make and simple in its content. But unfortunately, it was not simple to run. And that's what ended up uh, being its demise when Steve Jobs kind of killed it by pulling it completely out of iOS. He was saying it was too resource-heavy, making phones too hot, and the battery life drained too fast, which it's not like he was wrong about that, but it kind of ended a, it ended a special era. And it's almost like an oxymoron coming from him that the battery dies too fast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're not wrong about that. Um, I'm curious because I saw a fantastic, lovely picture of you at a No Agenda meetup recently in Tennessee. And, uh, like, how far away from you, uh, how far away are you from all these hooligans out there? Like, uh, we know Sir Seat Sitter and... Uh, all these other cast of characters at this meetup. I think Sir Seat Sitter is about a half hour away from me. Uh, no idea where the... Uh, he says he's not a spook, but no beret. Unrelenting <laughs> oligarch number one. Yep. Uh, he's probably 20, 30 minutes away at the most. So everything everything out here is 30 minutes away. Nice. I love uh, but that. But it's, it's, it's not a bad 30 minutes away. It's just close enough to everything. Uh, I need to get out and stretch my legs. Uh, that's one thing I've kind of been realizing is to compare it to a movie that I watched recently. And by recently, I mean before leaving Washington. It's called The 13th Floor from, I don't know, somewhere in the 90s, maybe early 2000s. Kind of a corny movie. Uh, and it's a movie about uh, virtual reality and beings within this virtual reality figuring out that they're stuck within uh, a program and the way they figure that out is they go past the city limits and then there's a road closed sign you drive past the road closed sign you get to the end of it and it's a it's a rendering of mountains Ooh. and uh it and so you leave you know my journey across the states it, there's no rendering it it just goes and so, you know, maybe the, the simulation's a little bit bigger, but made it all the way here, and I'm, I don't have too much of a problem being a hermit. Yeah. But, you know, the, the lack of money in the bank account doesn't help. But the, it's almost like the walls or the hills have kind of closed in on me, and I've, for, I've forgotten that there's something further out there. Uh, but the leaves are getting ready to change colors, and... I'm going to save enough money for uh, an expensive gas tank day and I'm just going to drive. I'm going to do my best to take some pictures and go explore the area and just, it's going to be a Sunday drive on whatever day that Sunday is going to be nice and just explore. And it's 
might be 12 hours of driving. I, I want to see the area. I want to know what all's out here. Could just be four hours. Uh, but why limit yourself? Why, if I don't have to be back home by noon, screw it. I'll eat some junk food and enjoy the day. There you go. Light up your map. That's what I always, I think about like maps, like in games like Civilization, where it starts out all blank map and then you explore and draw more of the map. Yeah. I always am happy to light more of my map up, go places I haven't been before. And, uh, you've done, you've done a lot of that recently, it seems. So much. And I'm not afraid of driving. Uh, it's a good pastime for me. Uh, definitely used to be a lot more affordable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But no doubt about it's, that. Uh, it's awesome that even even the two weeks of uh, the cross country, you know, five thousand mile round trip or fifty two hundred mile round trip in a week, and then the, doing it all over again and just over a day later, uh, it's cool. Uh, even the people that I got to do the trek with me those first two weeks to drop shit off down here. Uh, are happy that they got to have that experience uh, to be able to do such an insane thing. Uh, you know, the first trip down was we stayed at hotels, but it was still 14 to the first day was 18 hours and then it was 14 or 16 hours the next two nights. Uh, definitely pushing our limits, but you know, who else does that? Who does that kind of crazy shit except for me and the people I talk into it? There you go. And then going back, you know, 41 hours of on the road, only pulling over to go to the gas station. And when you're at the gas station, that's when you go pee. Yes. You refill your coffee cup and you go. And uh, that's the way to do it. I love road trips and road warrioring it out. You know, I'm much more content driving. I would drive seven times the amount of time it takes to fly easily. No problem. No problem. It's just more freedom, you know? Yeah. And especially here on the East Coast, uh, with all the states being significantly smaller. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely blast through more places. Like it would take six hours or so to go from the west side of Washington to the east side of Washington. And you are you still got another hour and a half to go before you hit Idaho. Dang. And uh, it's all boring. Miserable. <laughs> At least out here, the terrain changes, you know, every couple states. And, uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, I'll fit again, I'll figure out the finances on it all, but I'll be driving up and down the Eastern seaboard. There's plenty of places to explore out here. And, uh, and since I wasn't able to drive when I was a young and when I was out here, I get to drive. Now I get to explore the places I want to go see. I don't have to listen to mom and dad and say, no, we gotta go check out the biggest ball of yarn or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. There's some definite roadside attractions. Um, I was curious, I'm always, um, I love when Lorian cranks artwork out, but you cranked another one out that, uh, really impressed me for today's show, taking inspiration from Walk Through the Minds art and kind of adding little silhouettes of us in there. And, uh, so I appreciate that. Thanks. And I wanted to ask you, Billy, how you came up with like the artwork concept. And I mean, it's very illustrative of the show and what it's about, but, uh. Uh, did you have that right from the get-go from episode one? Yeah. Uh, before I, when I was getting it all designed and figuring it all out, and it's like, I don't know, I don't know how I whittled it down to a walk through the mind. Uh, 
but obviously that's how what it came out to be. And it's like, well, if I'm gonna walk through the mine, how do you how do you display that as a picture? And uh, I've got a very crude drawing of uh, my initial design, and uh, Grimerica hooked me up with an artist. And uh, cool, they're like, well, you know that you know what you're describing is gonna take like a week or whatever for me to design. And I'm like, oh, can I just send you my my drawing? It's terrible, but I send it to him. And he's like, oh came back to me 12 hours later. Here's your copy. Boom. Nailed it. Fantastic. Nice. And uh, it was, their version's a lot better than mine because they know how to draw. I can I can create, I can show the idea. Uh, execution's kind of terrible, but uh, yeah. And, uh, and it's not to, I'm not, I'm not speaking down on the, on the artwork. I think it's fantastic, but Looking at the extra little silhouettes, uh, all I can think of is the movie uh, Being John Malkovich. Uh, yeah, where they come out the door. Yeah. And everybody's John Malkovich. <laughs> oh, but man. gives you a chance to see through my eyes, huh? So, kind of works out. I love that brain. I don't really know why uh, this is, but I made uh, a brain out of model magic really early on in elementary school for some a uh, gifted program that we were in. And uh, it was like different organs everyone had to do, and I got the brain and made this brain that looks almost just like that brain. The only difference is that kind of that soft pink of the uh, cerebrum in mine was more of a gray color. But then, like, the cerebellum was that weird uh, pale red, and the brainstem was blue, and so it just, like... Looking at that, it's uh, it's colored the right colors to where it, it takes me back. Nice. Had all of the parts labeled out and everything. It was try like it was like uh, full size too. It was supposed to be like a correct sized replica of the brain. Oh. Well. Yeah, I think that finally got thrown out, but we had it for <laughs> over a decade at my house. You ever play with model magic? No. It's kind of a weird uh, Crayola product that's like. Play-Doh, but more papery, and it it's designed to like harden and keep its shape once you like just sculpt it out and then let it air dry, and then All you right. can you can paint on top of it. So easier to mold out of the package paper mache. Yeah, kind of like that. It's like paper mache with no mess. Right. Mm-hmm. I've made my fair share fair share of paper mache masks as a kid, and yeah, definitely fair share of Play-Doh uh, creations as a even younger kid, but never combined the two. I want to ask you about your music on SoundCloud, because I saw the link here, and it looks like a lot of uh, kind of NA mixes, um, but other stuff too, it seems. Can you tell us more about uh, your SoundCloud offerings? Because there's a lot of them. Uh, most of those are the No Agenda end of show mixes uh, that I've made, uh, that have been s- submitted and played on the show the only one that's not on there is uh jcd makes doves cry (laughs) uh uh, soundcloud is like you can't use that song i'm like it's a fucking parody yeah what the hell oh no you because of that opening guitar lick yeah uh, from prince the robots hate it yeah and so but uh all that other music is uh stuff that i've created and uh, use in my podcast as uh, closing show audio. Cool. 
Yeah, I see one called Creepy Stoner Song, and I'm excited to uh, spin it later on. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's all been fun. Uh, it's all been just kind of messing around. Uh, the little bit of college that I took, uh, took a, uh, a fundamentals of music class, and uh, we, for a little bit, learned the scales on the piano, just uh, the do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, uh, and the one, three, five, and seven octaves or whatever they're called and how sure. to form a chord and whatnot. And, and definitely, I'm not writing Beethoven style music, but I've got a uh, little 28 key MIDI keyboard that does just well enough. I got two full scales available on that and hit the up and down button if I want to change octaves and, uh, the times that I'm able to sit down and you know chase after sound, you know, there's been plenty of times where uh, music kind of pops into my head. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to play guitar. I was given a bass, uh, bass guitar, and never had time to learn how to play it in Washington. So that's another on the to-do list. At least to, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be ripping it up like Les Claypool, but if I can, <laughs> if I can get a handful of notes and I can figure out how I want it to turn out and sound, and I can plug that into the computer, and then I'll modify it. I get to cheat because I've got technology to. Oh yeah, definitely help me advance. But if I can create my art and share my art, you know, am I going to be on the, you know, the Casey Kasem top 100? No, but uh, can it add some depth to? my music or my my offering to the world be it just using it for myself or will someone else take it and appreciate it uh you know even so far as uh like the mike check musical song uh mike check i don't know if i wrote musical on there but that's uh adam curry's dutch saying uh and one of my friends i was hosting a barbecue and one of my friends was playing their music in the far corner of the yard on their Bluetooth speaker. And I'm like, yeah, I know that song. And they're like, yeah, I ripped that song off the podcast because it's fucking awesome. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you're not playing that just for, you know, because you're here and you're trying to impress. No, no, no. It's a really awesome song. And so that was, that was really cool. That is cool. So, so have you considered uh, maybe releasing some of this on a little value-for-value value action, putting an album out as an RSS feed? It's definitely not outside of the question. Uh, I know when uh, you and Abel Kirby released your album, I'm like, oh, that's that's a possibility, but uh, I don't want to say it's not real music, but it's not it's not real music. It's just... <laughs> It's it's me having fun. Sure. And, well, that's and, uh that's what ours is. A lot of is uh, us having fun. It's definitely not not that. Um, but I don't know. Real music, man. That's a uh, that's a pretty wide umbrella, I would say. And instruments, uh, actual yeah. instruments. Hey, man. Bjork said everything is music. So <laughs> <laughs> that's <Not> right. Touche. <laughs> Some bowlers rolling in. By the way, uh, I saw. Net Ned coming in from Fountain with 6969. Give him one of these. 6969, 69, dudes! And he said, keep on trolling. And he has a little emoji that uh, 
It's not as decipherable in the chat. I want to pull up the helipad because maybe it gets a little better. Ah, yes, the... Uh, is it a swimming person? The little swimming swan or a swimming person? Somebody's swimming. Duck? Something like that. Damn, that's a town <laughs> emoji. Is you calling me an ugly duck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had 10101, 10,101 sats from Harv Hat boosting Ooh. that live tag. Not a boost CLI. Appreciate that, sir. Appreciate that, sir. And uh, he jumps in the chat. There's a show I'm missing. Oh, no. Well, thanks for being here, Hard Hat. Yeah, we appreciate thank you. For, you. Thank you for supporting these guys, and thanks for chipping in some to me. That's what's awesome about uh, this medium. is like you catch it live, but you you have such a wider potential in your audience because we put it out live, and people are excited to add to the live experience, and I think it gives you kind of the ability to talk to more people and interact with them and engage with them in kind of a more immediate way. But then you also have the folks that listen later or listen fast or listen, you know, at their leisure. Like it's just so much more open of possibilities. Like people can consume your, um, your content in so many different ways that make sense to them instead of being pigeonholed into like, Oh, it's this time, this place on this channel. And if you don't have all of these things lined up, then you can't listen. I forget who you guys were talking to. Uh, I guess it was a couple weeks now, but the you had a great breakdown of the concept of combining value for value plus the the Satoshi's digital payment system, uh, where you were saying you know, we put it out for free, and once it's on the internet, the internet's forever, and yeah. you don't want to paywall someone that might be interested, and. If they find value in it, they didn't have to pay six ninety nine just to listen to find out that they hate the product or they really like the product and they were willing to pay twenty dollars. Exactly. And so uh the digital payment offering that uh forever chance to uh get the royalties on it, I guess. And again, you guys you you guys said it so much better than I can even <laughs> think about reciting it, but uh, the sentiment was there, and I wanted to give you guys props and and say you, you said it right. And well, thank you. I think you uh, you nailed it. You know, you just removed like the floor and the ceiling, and treat everybody like adults, and just say, you know, here it is, and uh, let us know if you find value in it. That's the key. You know, like if it didn't really bring you anything, then uh, we don't deserve anything from you. You know, but uh, on the other side of the coin, if if you did get something out of it, you know consider what that is. And, um, I think that it's, it's tough to, it's tough to explain this to people who are outside the value for value world. I found it like very difficult to kind of cross that mountain, especially people who are used to kind of either a Patreon model or an ad driven model or some other kind of model where they're chasing audience growth. They're chasing these metrics. They're uh, fretting of downloads, uh, there is a world where it makes sense monetarily to pay for fake downloads, which is a lot of stories that have been hitting lately. Um, and we just kind of chuckle at that because it's like we don't need to worry about that at all. Like, uh, all we need to worry about is putting in value and making a quality product. And then, you know, it's up to it's up to the listener to decide at that point, which we, you know, that's the big leap of faith. It's like a lot of people think, oh, you know, people are too dumb to. If they can get it for free, then they'll just take it for free. And it's like, well, maybe if you present it that way or if you're not like worried about 
putting value in, you know, if <laughs> if your concern is just growth and growth and growth, then then uh, other things will be overlooked, and I think you'll have kind of a lacking product in the end. To go back to Dan Carlin, one of his best lines is, uh, "I'm piracy is not my issue. Obscurity is my issue." Sure. And you know, if you paywall something, people will pirate it. Right. And you know, they'll hear about you, but it, it's you're definitely not making money. But if you're not making money anyways, throw it out there for free. And if people find value in it, you're out there for free. People can get a hold of it relatively easy. People will hand it off real easy. Yep. And uh, obscurity goes by the wayside and you're not losing money uh, hand yep. over fist as if they were pirating it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't steal it if uh, you put it out there. That's the beautiful part about piracy. Um well, yeah, I think that uh, an album would be perfect, and you already got the stuff to do it. I know Abel Kirby is working on a uh, onboarding process for artists to get uh, something hosted, uh, which is in the works. He's working on it diligently. We've been talking about that on Abelcraft, so uh, I think you'd get a kick out of it. And, then, you know, it's sitting on SoundCloud, so it's like people can play it here, but then, you know, there might be a few people who go, oh, I love Creepy Stoner Song. I want to give you a boost on top of that. And so then they'd have a place they could do that. True. True. Yeah. I need more time. Yeah. I'm working on my time management. I, I bought know. some whiteboards. And <laughs> whiteboards got lists. are a great way to go. Uh, got, I got three of them up, and I've been considering... They, you can paint your wall with whiteboard. Oh, I've uh, seen that. Paint. Like a can of spray paint that's whiteboard paint? I, I don't... I guess it comes in spray paint can. Uh... I heard of one guy painting his office wall in his house uh, as a one giant whiteboard. That would be awesome. That's really cool. So that I don't be... know if this office gets it, but it might go in the living room like that. I've got two big uh, calendar whiteboards and then a blank whiteboard. And uh, I always find that I get my stuff. Um, I'm a lot more productive, let's say, when I'm keeping those up to date and like updating my whiteboards. And then... Whenever I fall off of that, then that's kind of like where the slump sets in. So I always try to keep those updated and keep at least this month and next month up there on the whiteboards. Because, geez, like, you know, if you, if you like to do several things and have several side hustles and gigs, then uh, it just all kind of stacks up on you, man. You got to keep all that untangled. It can be a challenge for sure. Sneaks up on you and the one thing you were supposed to do that's, you know, not time pressing on anybody else, but outside of you that's the one thing you forget to do no doubt yeah absolutely um well did you have any uh other places that we want to let the audience know you're at i know that uh billybones.com is where you can find a walk through the mind and the main site you can also search a walk through the mind on all of the new podcast apps because it is a value-enabled podcast and that's billy bones by the way with a three for the final e and SoundCloud link is in there, and yeah, if I'm approaching 200 episodes myself, uh, very cool. And when you guys, when ev- when everybody goes to the website, uh, clicks the podcast link, looks at the list of things, uh, there is you can listen through the website if you're not going to listen on an app. There, there's an easy way to choose the original uh, listen of the older episodes, and then the remasters. 
all on the website. Uh, and for those that haven't listened and are giving it a consider, uh, the best advice I can give, you know, as the host, uh, I feel other people should be able to give the advice, but go in there. It's all short, simple topics. Uh, I try and do my best to stick to one topic per episode and just pick something that sticks out to you. Any, any of the random titles and go and listen to that one. If you enjoy it, fantastic. I'm glad you did. The first thing that I ask that you do is give the show a share. Uh, and if you didn't like it, you're welcome to try another one or you're welcome to just walk away. And I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't fit your need that day, but there you go. A walk out the mind. It's okay. It, it, it's not for everybody. I'm not supposed to be everybody's show. I'm, I'm here to chip in. I'm here to help and add to the conversation. That's what I love. That's what uh, Value for Value gives us. It gives us the ability to uh, not have to go after everybody uh, all the time. You know, we can find our peoples and be a little bit more genuine and more real. That's what I've always liked about your content and your presence is you're just a genuine guy, you know, and uh, uh, I think a positive influence on the whole... uh, the whole no agenda sphere as a whole so i appreciate you sitting down with us man this is really fun yeah thanks for joining us this was a grand time thank you very much for having me thanks for hosting me when i stopped through kansas city as well oh yeah you guys guys are living life correctly if i oh thank you so bold (laughs) as to say so well that's sweet of you to say and yeah anytime you're uh in the area man yeah uh, let us know long notice short notice no notice don't worry about it man let us uh let us host you we'll be happy to Sounds like a plan. Uh, Bowlers, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate your boosts and your chats and uh, all the support. We really love you guys. We will return for episode 196 this coming Tuesday, right after DH Unplug wraps up on the No Agenda stream. And also, always streaming something over there at stream.bowlafterbowl.com. So we'll see you on Tuesday evening. Till then, I'll be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'll be DeLorean. And I've been Billy Bones. Until next Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Do you know how bad you sound? You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. Oh, man. Take you a nap. Fear for my safety. That was the last copy I slapped. Oh shit, yes. Bowl after bowl after bowl.com. Excellent. Another one. Excellent, dudes. Awesome, man. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. Ah, the one thing I wrote down but didn't ask you about was the the Jolly Roger with the red beard. Oh. <laughs> I really love that look. I love the look of that thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would have been that would have been a good question for the air, but we can we can throw it for those it. that are still living or listening live. That's right. The live bonus nugget. There you go. Uh I'm again, radio I want to be a radio host, uh, more or less. And you know, I don't have my own little 
antenna to broadcast my own pirate radio, but if I'm speaking against the system, if I'm fighting the system from the outside, uh, broadcasting a message that they don't want it here, they don't want discussed, then let's sail the high seas of radio waves and discuss the things that they don't want to hear about. And so it's a pirate radio kind of deal, and uh, I'm a ginger, a leprechaun. There you go. Got my own red beard, so. The jolly ginger Roger. Exactly. Beautiful, man. Oh, that's great. 